Hello, it's your host, Kat Walsh, and you're listening to another episode of Trip On This. This podcast is for mature audiences and is not suitable for young children. Trip On This is intended for entertainment purposes only, and we do not condone the use of illegal substances. Enjoy the show. Welcome back, everyone, to Trip On This. Before we get into our next episode, I just have to say again to everyone, thank you. It has been such a joy to create this podcast. Uh, No doubt it's a labor of love, but I've learned so much about myself. I've developed so many new skills. I've met so many cool people through this. Just this is a gift. And you're listening to this or watching this is also a gift. The growing excitement and the feedback I've been getting has been just... I can't even tell you how meaningful it has been for me. So thank you for those who've been watching and listening and everyone who's new here. uh, Welcome. Definitely feel free to check out all the episodes before. I've had amazing guests literally from start to finish. And I am just, yeah, I'm full of gratitude, guys. (laughs) A couple quick uh, housekeeping announcements. If you're not following me on social yet, definitely do so. It's at trip on this underscore pod. Again, at trip on this underscore pod. That's for Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And backslash trip on this pod for Facebook. Also, if you are enjoying the show and want to help support, there are donation links in the uh, information to this episode. There's a PayPal and a Patreon. It just helps me to create content like this, to rent gear, to keep booking stellar guests, and continue building this community around psychedelics and psychedelic storytelling. I know it's tough times right now for everyone, so if just liking or subscribing, commenting is what you can do, that is perfect and so valued. So thank you. All is appreciated. And with that, enjoy the show. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Trip on This. I am very excited about our next guest. His name is Jonathan DePotter. He is the founder of the Behold Retreat in Thailand. He's doing a lot of cool work bridging the gap between kind of the corporate world and plant medicine. Jonathan, thank you so much for being here. Lovely to be here, Kat. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. All right, before we go on, I think it's just important that you give us like a little bit of FOMO about what it's like to wake up in Thailand. <laughs> like what, what was the, like, the one it's, cool thing? Did you get a view? Like, is it just like beautiful it's, waters? It's tempting. it's tempting to actually just stand up and, uh, and give you the quick, uh, oh, the quick 360 here. Oh my God, what? You're just living in paradise every day. Yeah, yeah, it's not so. It's not so bad here. It is not so bad. Oh, <laughs> I came. Man. I actually. I I came down to the islands here for um for this period. I thought this would be a, a nice tranquil place to uh, to spend some time, and and it, it turns out I was lucky, and I was right. And uh, yeah, I mean the corona, the whole corona thing just hasn't really been a reality here. There's nobody wearing masks, and really nobody getting sick. So life oh, is good. Oh, dang. All right. So like truly living the dream, like you just business as usual <laughs> over there. <laughs> Indeed. Um, well, cool. So before we get into, cause I, I, you know, from our brief discussion before, I love already what you were telling me about behold, but what I'd love to know more is who, who is Jonathan before the trip to Thailand, before uh, Behold, let's just say before even your plant medicine journey and what kind of 
brought you to that point, your first one? Yeah, sure. Um, so the, there's one one minor clarification I'll, I'll add before I jump into it. Please. So, so none of the work that we're doing is uh, in Thailand or, or in Asia, unfortunately, because uh, none of this work is legal in the region. So our retreats are in Central South America, Jamaican, Jamaica, um, and, and Europe as well, where, where this work is legal. Got um, oh, so you're just literally so, just living here as the dream and then work is elsewhere. Got it. Lo- <laughs> love it even more now. Exactly. <laughs> well, we've got, we've got, we've got a global team. So, you know, we're, we're able to handle all, uh, all time zones yeah. with, uh, with our global team. Um, but, but taking a step back, you know, I was, um, uh, I was, uh, I, I grew up in Hawaii and, uh, you know, that was a very substance rich environment and I never saw anything good coming from it. You know, they had the, like every American had the just say no drug, drug, uh, drug, what was it called? Dare. Dare. Drug oh. abuse resistance yeah. education <laughs> yeah. uh, that was drilled into us super hard and, you know, events at school around that. And, and, you know, that narrative matched exactly my own experience um, mm. in the sense that all I saw in Hawaii from from alcohol and from other substances was was negative things mm-hmm. um, that that arose from that. And so, you know, I was I was a real uh, I really avoided all of those substances throughout my throughout growing up there in Hawaii. And um, I moved I moved to New Zealand, lived many years in New Zealand after uh, after growing up in Hawaii. Went there for university, lived there ten years, and and then subsequently moved into management consulting. I, I moved to Hong Kong mm-hmm. uh, to pursue a management consulting career. I worked for Accenture uh, there for five years, doing kind of digital strategy and digital transformation programs for technology and telecommunications companies. And you know, I had I had such a great life there in Hong Kong. To be honest, you know, great friends work was challenging, was mm-hmm. getting some promotions under the belts and, you know, new clients, new projects, all of those sorts of good things. But, you know, there was just some part of me that felt like something was missing. And I just, I didn't know what it was. I was just kind of stuck on that, stuck on that hamster wheel. And so um, in, in uh, 2016, I took a year off uh, or the better part of a year off. And um, I spent that time traveling through South America. So I started kind of in the South in Patagonia, down the really beautiful mountains down there, you know, hiking, no phone, uh, that sort of thing. And yep. As I was working my way up the country, I uh, I kind of rendezvoused with some friends that were keen for a trip to Peru, and uh, the the trip became more than just the uh, the uh, Machu Picchu and uh-huh. Inca Trail, but we also decided to incorporate uh, an ayahuasca retreat. And you know, I had I had many years ago, probably about ten years before that, I had seen some real positive changes. And a close friend of mine, she unfortunately had a real traumatic childhood, um, and she went to Peru for a month, uh, a month-long retreat. You know, first working with really small doses of ayahuasca and working up, mm-hmm. and she came back just a completely transformed person. So, you know, at that point, there was something that I recognized required some reconciliation between the education I had received in Hawaii and what I saw in Hawaii and mm-hmm. what I saw in her in terms of her own personal transformation. So that really that plus my friends really helped me overcome the skepticism that I had and uh, was able to to give this a chance. And, you know, what I say to people is that I went into my first ayahuasca retreat, a bit of an angry atheist, you know, purely <laughs> rational person, uh, mm-hmm. material in terms of dealing with those things that can be seen and felt and measured within the natural world. And anything within the spiritual realm, I, I pretty quickly cast aside and, mm. and didn't believe in. And so, 
you know, it was the first experience itself was was incredibly profound. But what what ended up happening was that a month later, I was saying back to the I was back to the same person that I was pre-retreat. And so that was, you know, that was really the beginning of the genesis of thinking about, okay, there's clearly a lot of potential in doing this type of work, Mm -hmm. but there's also a lot of lost potential um, Mm -hmm. when people do this type of work. You know, we've, we've spent our whole lives becoming that quote unquote pre-retreat person. Uh, And so it's very easy to revert back to the same neurological patterns, thinking patterns, behavioral Mm -hmm. patterns, Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and all of that. And so that's really our, our core motivation for behold retreats is not to send people to see unicorns in the jungle every six months, but for Which people cool. to make I'm just really <laughs> <laughs> unicorns in the jungle is cool. Yeah, Let's not argue. <laughs> um, but, but ultimately to make really deeply felt and, and substantial sustained changes to the quality of their everyday life. You know, the, the analogy I like to give is, is smiling in everyday traffic. And that's, that's mm-hmm. really the opportunity of this work. So um, and that's really what we've established in terms of what's different between the way that we work and, you know, the the numerous retreat centers that are out there, which are, which are great. You know, we, we partner with some of those retreat centers, um, but it's really the, the focus on high quality preparation and mm. integration work that we think uh, is fundamental to people really getting the most out of this work. My question, thank you, by the way, beautifully said, and I love that I... I love that you come from the background that you do, because I'm going to get into some of that in a bit, just about um, uh, spirituality. And I also love the way in which you grew up, um, honestly, quite different than me and a lot of my friends in that I, you know, I grew up in LA. I, it was very, it was much more liberal and although it was different things, but I, I, have been wanting to explore the different, like the shift in um, in perspective, like that you went through, right? Uh, somebody yeah. going in with really uh, not kind of going for right, like you had to really see the proof in the pudding and and have a lot of skepticism, which which I think is good, yeah. and a healthy amount of skepticism is good. Um, the big part for me when I when you were talking about the integration is in a practical sense, people come, they come to South, you know, like uh, South America or, or Central America and they do uh, an ayahuasca retreat. What is the reality though of, like you're saying, you were the same person 30 minutes, 30 minutes later, or 30 minutes later, three, you know, uh, three months from then you're back into your old habits. Um, yeah. What would you say to that? Do they have to come back and continue to do plant ceremonies continuously? Is that kind of the plan? No, no, I, I, I don't think it is. And, and in fact, with with Behold Retreats, you know, part of what we're trying to do is to move people towards more sustainable practices like mm-hmm. yoga and meditation, other contemplative or spiritual practices mm-hmm. that that people may already have, because I, I don't think that lots of plants is is the right answer. And in fact, in in particular, I think lots of plants is not the right answer. Um, <laughs> because um, I've had the the pleasure of meeting some people who have, you know, partaken perhaps to a great extent. And I don't think that necessarily leads to better people. I think there needs to be a very conscious use um, at very specific junctures of 
of life that make it particularly meaningful. And I think mm -hmm. the real, the real, the real challenge with the integration work is that when when we return, we typically re-encounter all of the things that made us ourselves. So our mm -hmm. friends expect us to go out drinking on a Friday night. Our boss still comes in and has unrealistic expectations. The mm -hmm. traffic is still there, especially yeah. if you're in LA. Um, the, you know, the, all of the triggers, your, your friends just still expect you to be who you were. Yeah. Um, and so there's this real requirement to be super careful about your thoughts, about your actions, about who you're choosing to spend time with, mm -hmm. why you're choosing to spend time with them and to be, yeah, just, just super conscious, which is not to say that, you know, you need to make a, uh, you know, black to white sorts of changes into your, your life. I don't think that's, that's necessarily uh, a reasonable approach, but to at least become far more conscious of your surroundings, the sorts of energies that those circumstances, those people represent, and to also begin to think for yourself, what are the things that you resonate with? Um, what are the energies and, and the activities and the people that you resonate with? Mm -hmm. And why do you resonate more with those things and less with those things? Mm -hmm. And how can you begin to shift your life slowly, slowly, piece by piece to mm -hmm. have more alignment between the things and the energies that you want to be bringing into this world mm -hmm. uh, versus those that you are bringing perhaps into this world uh, today. And so it's really, it's really a, a very personal journey that is is not an overnight transition well, it can be for some people but it's yeah. it's more of a gradual transition towards turning up in more of the ways that that you want to and and bringing more of that sorts of good energy into into your life and, yeah. and into the people around you and i think you know that's that's a big part of of this work is that as we focus on ourselves and we begin to improve ourselves that is the mechanism to really improve the world because other people will take notice um, as we improve ourselves and they'll begin to be like, hey, you know, I've, you're a little different these days and, yeah. you know, you don't seem to get upset quite the way you used to. And um, I've noticed that there's all these other positive things that are happening around you. Tell, tell me more. Yeah. Um, and so that's really that's the point of leverage um, that we all have is mm -hmm. as we improve ourselves, other people will just naturally begin to improve themselves. And, yeah. you know, that's, that's not coming from a place of ego. That's just coming from a place of a desire to improve self yeah. and, and the benefits that follow. Yeah, absolutely. Who do you think, you know, I, I, when you, when I think of ayahuasca, I think a lot of people, um, go for a couple of different reasons, whether for me it was, I felt lost. I, I didn't have a clear path. I was like living, but not thriving. Right. And I know yeah. like your friends who, um, went through a lot of traumas and this and that. Who do you, who is ayahuasca for? You know, when you're, when you're just, if somebody was just to ask, like, could everyone benefit from it from your perspective? Yeah. You know, it's, it's the, the caveat I always like to give before providing an answer is that it can benefit those who are committed to their own personal development. Mm -hmm. um, the, the, it's also, I think it's very important. We, we all have the right answers for just about everything inside of us. Mm -hmm. And in this subject is no different. So, you know, sometimes I hear people are like, Oh yeah, I had two of my friends went for an ayahuasca retreat. I'm going to go do an ayahuasca retreat. It's like, cool. Like that positive. Hang on a minute. Let's yeah. take the time to really understand 
what your motivations are mm-hmm. and, and what is it, you know, ask the question of yourself, is this right for me? And go do, you know, go spend the time to do the research yeah. to be able to understand what this is really about and, and what it what it represents and then and then try to make an informed decision and again that's part of what we're doing at behold retreats you know when when people say oh yeah i want to do a plant medicine journey you know the first question is well what what plant medicine they're like oh well not sure which one should i do and it's like Mm -hmm. well here's some resources here's some websites go read go you know go ponder this seriously for yourself and then and then let's have a chat because we we'd love to help you on your journey yeah. once you have some more clarity um but to come back to to specifically your question who is this for um you know there's there's five overarching motivations um for for use of these medicines um the first three are great and the second two uh require careful uh careful management um so the first is healing um you know we we pretty much, and, and we can go deep in, into this one, well, any of these really, um, but but the first is healing. You know, th- the reality is that the overwhelming majority of us have suffered from intergenerational trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, our parents were traumatized and we are traumatized by virtue of our parents being traumatized. Mm-hmm. Uh, the example that I sometimes give is that, imagine you're five years old, you're carrying groceries in for mom, and in that moment, you know, she's mom's had a long day and unfortunately you drop the bag of groceries some glass breaks onto the floor stuff spills out mm-hmm. in that moment mom's had a long day and she goes god damn it jonathan you never get anything right just get out of the way yep pretty minor incident yeah conceptually right i mean in terms of typical family dramas that play out sure. that's pretty minor now 5 year old you unfortunately doesn't have the ability to distinguish between that which should take hold at a subconscious level and that which is just mom on a bad day uh, and should be ignored uh you know because it's just mom at the end of a long bad day mm-hmm. and so some simple thing like that couldn't can psychologically take hold in the subconscious of a five-year-old child. And now imagine that five-year-old child the next day at school playing ball with the kids and all of a sudden gets the ball. And all of a sudden in that moment of requirement for performance, uh, you never get anything right. Just get out of the way. Mm -hmm. That message from yesterday comes back and the child immediately passes the ball on to the next person in Mm -hmm. order to avoid any sort of confrontation or performance requirement. Now, those two things in combinations have established a pattern and have probably fundamentally set this child onto a very different growth path than might have otherwise been the case. Um, and it is, and so again, that's something super minor that can have such a profound impact upon mm-hmm. the life of an individual. And so when I say healing, yes, many of us have experienced serious trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's, that, that is equally the case for myself. Um, others of us have just experienced minor trauma, but the overwhelming majority of us have definitely experienced yeah. childhood trauma. And so part of, part of this work is first, and, and fundamentally healing work in terms of how we think about ourselves, how we see ourselves, how we're behaving in our lives. You know, my first journey was very much around being shown things that I had done throughout my life. Some of those were really beautiful things, moments I could be super proud of. Others were things that I had done that, that I was not proud of and things that, you know, do not reflect uh, the self that I, that I aspire to. And so 
you know, it's a very humbling experience when you're watching yourself in that third person, watching yourself with your mom or with your dad or with extended members of family or friends and seeing seeing yourself do things that don't represent the values that you hold. Mm. Um, it's just a very profoundly powerful experience in terms of recognizing how you want to turn up differently. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's number one healing. Um, the second aspect of, uh, and actually I could go into the neurological side of the healing, which is pretty exciting as well. Um, the second is, uh, growth, right? So mm -hmm. we all hit plateaus in career plateaus in um, personal development in understanding of ourselves. And when we do, I think, uh, or, or even um, crossroads, you know, from a career perspective. Yeah. Um, and when we do, I think these medicines can can be powerful to help us really understand ourselves better, understand our unique gifts. And absolutely, we all have unique gifts, mm -hmm. whether or not we recognize them. Usually, usually the unique gifts that we have uh, can be recognized by virtue of those who you most admire. So the people that we most admire in life typically are a reflection of the gifts that we have yeah. and we may or may not recognize. And so that's often a, a place to look for uh, our own unique gifts. And, and certainly these, these journeys can help with that. And then the third is spirituality, you know, connecting with source, um, mm -hmm. whatever that may, whatever that may represent for others um, is to really understand their own spirituality, their own soul. You know, five years ago, I would have laughed at anyone who, um, said that there was such a thing and and now i'm absolutely confident that there is and i have yeah. you know my own very very strong spiritual practice and so you know that's the third um third kind of motivation that i think is is whole and, and definitely we support for for the people that we send upon our journeys mm -hmm. the fourth uh, category is recreational so people who are um just looking to have some fun um and with, you know that's, there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with with ayahuasca. Yeah, I think I think for for people who have done a sufficient amount of work with ayahuasca, yeah. um this can be this can be fun because they've done all of, you know, the by then stuff. they're eating yeah. a vegetarian diet, they're okay, I was uh, like, they've dealt I... with all of their trauma and all of their yeah, blah blah yeah. blah and so now they can have fun with it. Okay, actually. that's that's totally um, fair cuz to me I always say to people I was like, look, th there's there's psychedelics that are more of a party and then there's ayahuasca, which my, my was a beautiful <laughs> experience, but like not, not a party, not a party, uh, experience, I guess. But I love hearing yeah. that there's a next level. <laughs> you there, there, there is, but look, like that's not really for us. That's not really something that of we're, we, we support the conscious use of these substances. Yes. I mean, they're the, these medicines, ayahuasca and all the others, they're so powerful. Mm -hmm. And to just think that you're kind of out there, uh, not making anything of it is such a, I, in my mind, it's such a loss because mm -hmm. I think you can, I think you can have fun and grow exponentially yeah. at the yes. same time. So if it's just, if it's just having fun and, you know, the fifth category is kind of abuse and escape. Mm. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to do. If you're not using them for growth, then it's kind of quite easy, I think, to bundle up the recreational, the abuse and the escape mm -hmm. uh, together. Uh, you know, I, I personally don't have anything against people having fun. I think that's beautiful. It's beautiful mm -hmm. to have fun. Um, but why not, why not benefit a yeah. little bit along your, along your journey? And so, um, 
you know, there are absolutely people who are using this for, for abuse and for escape. And, um, you know, the, what we're trying to do with Behold Retreats by providing more guidance and more structure mm-hmm. um, to, to support people with self-inquiry and also to provide more guidance in the form of a coach or a therapist is really to provide the structure um, for the rapid acceleration of that growth. You know, you will grow naturally with the right structure placed around you. Um, with these sorts of experiences, but it's also very easy for people to go kind of deviating down into little rabbit holes that really have no relevance to their personal growth. So, you know, trying to bring people back and say, here's what's happening for you emotionally. Here's what's happening for you mentally. You know, the people who do this sort of work well can spot patterns a mile out because they've seen hundreds, if not thousands of people. And you know, we, we all have a tendency to get wrapped up in ourselves and say, no, you don't understand. I'm different. This happened to me. That happened to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Any, any qualified coach or therapist is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop, yeah. stop right there. You're, you're no different from any of the rest of us. So yeah. I tell you, yeah. uh, and, and now let's get you back on course and, yeah. and, and move away from your, your victimhood and your stories and your blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's, that's not, that's not what's going to, help you flourish here. Yeah. Yeah. I feel very, very fortunate. I, I didn't have in, uh, my ayahuasca journey that really honestly set my trajectory to where this moment in time right now. And like you were saying, um, when you were going through the three, I was like, okay, I think I ticked off three of the boxes. I think there's a lot of, uh, in terms of trauma it, it, or, or healing, it, I haven't, I've been very fortunate not to experience anything, what I would call like anything big, but little things that have uh, chipped away where I, you know, had recently kind of realized I was in a low grade depression my entire life and had no idea. I just, I didn't know because yeah. that was my baseline. Like that just, yeah. I was happy. I, I would never, I wasn't, I would, I wasn't seeing anybody, but I knew I was emotional and I had like stuff that I just needed to release, I guess you can say. Mm. And, and I was also at a crossroads, you know, I was very envious of people that had a passion that really wanted Mm. to get behind something. And I was like, why? (laughs) I used to joke. I was like, my passion's like having fun and dancing. And I was like, okay, I'm not going (laughs) to do either. I mean, like, but ironically now I'm literally talking about the things that have made me have more fun and, and I'm going to talk about dancing and just all the things that I love. It's it's incredible that I actually got here. But before that moment, yeah. I was just kind of going in like help. Like, I, what do I need to see to help? And I was very fortunate. I didn't have the same structure, the same integration mm. program. But I went into it with just the most ultimate reverence of, this, of the experience that I was going to embark on. And... Mm-hmm. Um, I, I remember my journey was not as visual. It was more feelings. I remember being just, I went through the gamut of emotion, uh, laughter, sensuality. I was like moaning. Like I just, and I actually never even cried. I thought, oh my God, I'm going to be waterworks the whole time. Like, look at me. Like I was <laughs> crying every second before going into it. And I actually didn't cry at all of my ceremony during it. But yeah. after I just weeped like the next probably week after. And I really took the integration period very seriously. So I didn't like drink. I was not plant-based. I had like everything for over a month that I was doing it before Beautiful. and after. Yeah. Just to make sure, like be as connected to the spirit as I could. And, yeah. um, cause I wanted to get the most out of it at the end of the day. It's what you put in, right? Like I wanted everything I can get from this. And, um, 
I was just weeping the next day about all of these. I It's like the memories of this boy that made fun of me when I was in like six came up and I was like <laughs> weeping and like, and when I was 12 and this thing, and it's like all these little things that was just in me and it was stored, yeah. you know, and I was just crying for all the moments I never cried for myself. And, yeah. um, and I remember at the moment I, I was also, you know, I hadn't met my, I still haven't like met my partner in life. And I remember just having this deep missing going into it, but I didn't want to ask about that. Like I just wanted to keep it more broad. And the beautiful thing is what I ultimately realized through the integration of it was, um, and this is just me sitting, crying, going to the beach, spending time alone and thinking about yeah. my, what I experienced. And, uh, and it was just to fall in love with myself and, um, Beautiful. and the wholeness was through me. And then I went on this whole love affair of myself in 2019. And that is truly what that belief and then starting at, honestly reprogramming my own mind mm. in different ways to, you know, ultimately believe myself to start something new. Like I never had an entrepreneurial spirit before. I just didn't, yeah. I never believed in myself to have one and mm. shit changed. It changed. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. I love that. I yeah. love that. That's beautiful. Yeah. You know, I, I love, I love the word that you use there reprogrammed. That is fundamentally at the core of this work. You know, our Western world has, we have layers upon layers of programming. And that sounds like some crazy conspiracy theory, but it's, it's simply not. And we've been through that, through that kind of, programming of mm -hmm. the Western world, we've really become detached from our true nature. Um, and, you know, there's the, the way that I sometimes explain this is that there's just an overwhelming amount of complexity that we haven't evolved to deal with. Mm -hmm. Like we have to make so many decisions each day that our neurology is just not set up for. And so what begins to happen is that we have to make neurological shortcuts in order for us to be able to function. Mm -hmm. And those neurological shortcuts actually become highways in, in, in our brain. And so we come to use a very small subset of our neural pathways. So we're actually losing the function of our brains, which is just in this most incredible, beautiful organ um, by virtue of having to take these shortcuts. And then these shortcuts become hardwired. And again, we all know people in our lives where if we were to present them with some new information, say about plant medicine, yeah. we already know how they would respond to that without even having presented them that information. Yeah. And so that's an example of loss of neuroplasticity that these people are no longer using their brains. It's a deterministic machine yeah. that has come input, output, input, output, which is just the most horrible thing. It's brain damage, the software of the brain. Graciously, we have these medicines that can begin to to kind of reverse the effects of those. Yeah, yeah. It's I I I recently was learning just that that essentially, and it's not just. I want to say it might be the DMT molecule, which I know is. Uh, I'm sorry, is um, this? I'm sorry, the uh, the the two A. 5-HT-2A. Yes. That, 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 I'm that's, not the scientist, yes, but I know I, the ones you're referring to. Yes, <laughs> it's, it's common in LSD, in psilocybin, which is magic mushrooms, and in DMT. It's got a very similar, and what, and, and what it essentially does is, is what you were saying. It creates, uh, as if it was like a mountain. I was just reading this in Michael Pollan's book. I don't know if you've read How to Change Your Mind, but uh, I have. it's 
a wonderful history lesson of what's going on. I just loved reading that. And what I really learned from that was, and this is, I experienced it myself because I also, um, I've had plenty of psilocybin in my life, uh, is, is, um, like if our brain is a mountain, right. As he describes, it's, we have these, you've been snowboarding down the same grooves the whole time. They get deeper and deeper and deeper. And the way when you do take one of these plant medicines is that suddenly you have like fresh powder and you can go any which direction. And that's truly why I feel more creative in my space. Why I was able to honestly, the best way to describe it is I, I, if I was looking at the same problem over and over again, pre uh, plant medicine cat, I would have done it the same way every time I would have been hitting a wall. And what I was Mm. noticing is suddenly I was able to think, and this sounds now I'm like, I think outside of the box, right? I'm, Suddenly, I was looking at the same yeah. problem, the same question, and coming up with different solutions. I'm like, so it, it's just yeah. the closest thing that I could see. And I'm like, this is such uh, a gift if used right, like you said, if used uh, safely. And um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I was going to say, and you, you kind of answered it. Um, you know, I know we talk about um, having. You know, I, I find fun and joy to be an integral part of life. Um, and, 100%. And in terms of plant medicines, and I'm, I guess I'm not just saying ayahuasca. You know, I don't know if you've, if you've tried psilocybin before um, with magic mushrooms, but do you yeah. think that it should only, like basically these kind of powerful medicines, should they be only used in uh, ceremony? Should it be, uh, you know, only, you know, is there, or like at a retreat center or through science, or do you think that there is space for uh, a plant medicine, I'm using that in a broad term, uh, in a more communal, I don't love the term recreational, but uh, but communal in that mm-hmm. it is for joy, but not necessarily for recreation, yeah. I feel, makes it not important like you know what i'm saying like i don't want it to feel not not important. yeah i do i do i i i you know i um there's i have a couple parts to to how i would think about this i think the first is if you have done if you have done your work in a very deep way mm-hmm. and um you have come out the other end of it um you know feeling really healed and having dealt with all of the demons in the closet, so to speak, mm-hmm. then, then the journeys that you're going to have from there typically are, are much easier journeys, yeah. joyful journeys mm-hmm. um, that are filled with light uh, and happiness and joy and fun mm-hmm. and life mm-hmm. and laughter and, and great, beautiful. Like, why wouldn't you do that with friends at a concert? Now, if you haven't done that work, and you take a bunch of magic mushrooms and you go to a concert and you you have all of a sudden all of your trauma coming back mm-hmm. into your life mm-hmm. while you're sitting there at Coachella. Bad time. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, really yes. bad time. Yes. Um, now, the the, you know, probably the worst context for you know, the reemergence of deeply held trauma, suppressed, repressed memories. 
Um, so, so yeah, absolutely. In the right context, have, have fun. You know, I think the other element to this is people should be empowered to make their own decisions. Um, you know, I think if we, if we come back to coronavirus, um, you know, the, the Swedish model is under an intense amount of scrutiny at the moment because they've just allowed people to decide for themselves. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, there's, there's a higher excess mortality rate in Sweden than there is in some of the surrounding countries, but guess what? Those people are living their lives and they are empowered to make the own, their own decisions for themselves mm -hmm. because the, the Swedish government's message to the people is, look, there's a pandemic going around. It has implications for your health. It has implications, if you catch it, for the health of other people in your family, grandma, grandpa, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And so we expect you to make the right decisions that suit your, you know, your understanding of the situation, your understanding of the risks, your understanding of the risk for your family members. Mm -hmm. And I think that is what we need to move to collectively is that we are individually empowered to make the decisions that are right for us. And it's not, it's not for Jonathan, it's not for Kat, it's not for someone else to say, hey, this is what's right for you. I mean, the, we, know, we have to make information available to people so that they can raise their own education, their own awareness, and then, and then leave it to them to make their own decisions. The whole concept of top-down management of, of what you can and can't do is just something of the past, I think. Mm -hmm. um, now the last the last element that I'll bring into this answer is that you know there are there are energetic elements that are at work when you are um, working with plant medicine. I mean they're always at work. It's just that you're much more sensitive to them yeah. with plant medicine. So if you're surrounded by people that have other types of energies, you may you may feed upon that and you may find that 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 can occasion. Um, more challenging experiences, even if you've done your work, you know, if you're going to uh, a Slipknot concert on, on magic mushrooms, mm -hmm. even if you've done all of your, your, your work, that can potentially you know, occasion a more challenging experience because you're, you're surrounding yourself with a very different uh, type of energy. And again, I, I would have laughed at myself at being a heavy metal and death metal fan for many years. I would have laughed at myself hearing myself describe this, five years ago, but, but it's absolutely the case that, you know, you are going to have a, a profoundly different experience at Slipknot than you are at, uh, at a Damien Marley concert, because sure. those are just different energies. Yeah. Sure. Would you say though, in the same way, so, you know, with, with the proper knowledge, the proper context, um, that people should have the ability though, to still make the decision themselves if they want to go to Slipknot and, um, experience that and know that there's <laughs> absolutely an, an experience that maybe that's not a, whether it's a good idea or not because you are picking up a <laughs> lot of vibes you know like it should ultimately that be should that decision be uh, a personal decision yeah absolutely i think it should be a personal decision yeah i mean i think if uh, i'd be you know, I, I, I genuinely don't know whether people are, are doing this and going to a Slipknot concert. I, I suppose they are, but I mean, for me, I, I couldn't imagine anything. I couldn't imagine anything worse. Like, I, I'd be surprised if I made the third song in that. In that. In that's that, funny. Uh, in that I, I don't know. I think I, I think that I think it's a thing. I think I think that's quite yeah. definitely possible. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're probably right. I think you're probably right. I couldn't imagine anything worse. Yeah. 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 For sure. Um. So my next question, before we move on to Behold, I want to just come back. I'm just, it's more of a subjective question. Um, 
when you're in a, I, I know mm-hmm. your spirituality has, uh, you, you now have, it sounds like a, a strong spiritual life now. And obviously through direct yeah. experience, it, it sounds like, and from your yeah. opinion, from your own journeys, would you say that there, that is, uh, essentially your highest self, your highest self and expression, or do you feel that there is, you know, they call uh, ayahuasca la madre, right? The mother, the spirit, female. Do mm-hmm. you feel that there is kind of a, mm-hmm. a I, I hate to use the word separate because I know it's, it's a oneness, but essentially another spirit, a spirit, a source, something other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a this is an interesting one to attempt to answer um, because everyone has their own perspectives mm-hmm. on this subject, um, and everyone has their own felt experience and their own rationality, and their own cosmology and their own spirituality and their own religion, perhaps, and mm-hmm. and their own practices. Um, now, as people progress through the levels of consciousness. Um, and for anyone who is interested in, in that subject matter, um, you know, we we live in such an exciting time because quantum physics and spirituality are converging at like an exceptionally rapid rate. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the path of the super rational and the path of the spiritual are actually the same paths, you know, they're, they're different paths up the same mountain. And in those, those two paths are converging incredibly quickly. So it's a very exciting time to be alive. Mm-hmm. Um, but in saying that, you know, there, there, there is incredible work that's, that was done by Dr. David Hawkins. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, I think he was substantially ahead of his time. And there is a bit of pseudoscience um, associated with some of the work that he was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but he effectively mapped out um, the associated uh, levels of consciousness. And, and basically what he showed is that all people have an associated energetic vibration. And in fact, all things have an associated energetic vibration. And this is what the quantum physics is telling us now is that there's no such thing as matter. It's all energy. Everything is completely energetic in nature. Um, and so what that means is that we as individuals can actually be calibrated um, on an energetic level. Mm-hmm. And that is associated with our uh, level of consciousness. And so when, when you spoke before about, you know, thinking about problems and coming up with the same answers, that's because your level of consciousness was at a certain level. And so when you raised your level of consciousness, you had new access to information, you know, where is it that a good idea comes from? That is, that is a very, oh, that comes from me. You go, really? Mm-hmm. A good idea comes from you? Uh, where? Yeah. Show me where, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. show me where that comes from you. Um, and so, uh, okay, so a good idea comes and, and then I, and then it, and then it comes to me and then I have it and then I can use that good idea. Great. Right. Yeah. I think right. that's probably a more, you know, that's a more, that's, that's an experience that most of us can identify yeah. with as a good idea comes to me and then I have, and then I have it. Okay, yes. great. Um, but to what extent is that your idea I think is, is worth questioning to a great extent. I, yeah. um, and so as, as, as we, as we progress through these levels of consciousness, Oh, by the way, I'll let, let me wrap up the David Hawkins, the book that I would recommend to absolutely everyone who's interested in personal development 
is letting go. And so the, the concept of the book is letting go all of the things that you identify with in order to, and then your, your level of consciousness will just begin to raise as you let more and more go mm-hmm. uh, in terms of your attachments, your levels, your level of consciousness just goes up and up and up mm-hmm. and, and nothing will stand in the way. And so, um, you know, this is regardless of cosmology or spirituality or religion, um, people have very shared experiences as their levels of consciousness uh, progress. Yeah. Um, and so I, I share all of that to come back to your question, which is, is there, the, the question I would answer is, is there a higher order? And I think the answer is unequivocally yes. I mean, anyone who's gone through a plant medicine journey or spiritual awakening, even without plant medicine, can see and feel that there is a, a higher order that is at work that ex- that is greater than the self. And, mm. you know, I think, you know, you might even be tempted to say something like coronavirus is a symptom of that higher order, which is like, it's, it's really encouraged us to slow down, stop distracting ourselves with, uh, you know, because on the media, it's the same story every friggin' day, excuse my French. Mm-hmm. It's encouraged a lot of people to stop reading and listening to that same nonsense and go, all right, well, what's going on in my life? What do I want to do with my life? And that's, and that's beautiful. That's amazing because it's, it's really sent us this really hard message of like, sort yourselves out. Um, Mm -hmm. because there's so many things that are broken. And so, you know, uh, I don't want to get political, but a lot of what's happening in the U.S. right now is highlighting uh, the myriad of challenges that that need to be put onto the table um, individually and collectively. And so this is a real time of, of awakening. Um, to to begin to really understand the fundamental problems that we have uh, individually and collectively. And the plants absolutely should play a role. You know, we had one of our clients, um, uh, classic Texas CEO, you know, hard charging, uh, you know, lots of things mm-hmm. going on in his life. And, and with a few plant medicine journeys that we've been able to take him on, you know, just Beautiful beachfront villa in Tulum with yeah, you know, wow. just the full works, beautiful works uh, around him, and uh, some really, you know, some some really beautiful practitioners, and to be able to do that that work for people to really transition them away from, um, you know, the hunting and the you know the success and the money and the power and the influence towards a more heartfelt style of living and a more intuitive style of living is just. I mean, that's that's what gets up, gets us out of bed every morning is to try to bring more of that energy into this world. And, you know, our business model is entirely architected around that. Um, so, so, yeah, I'm kind of tangenting slightly, but 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 ultimately, absolutely, there's a higher order and uh, and it is at work and we can tap into it. Uh, it doesn't take to plant medicine to, to yeah. tap into it. You know, yeah. other spiritual practices, contemplative meditation, yeah. uh, yoga, these these are all practices that have been around for thousands of years that can help us tap into that higher order. Um, but if you want if you want a, uh, a surefire way to to get into uh, and to understand our, our higher levels of consciousness, plant medicine can help. And, you know, there's, there's some thinking out there that, that I actually have some time for, which is, does this work represent uh, unearned growth in consciousness? Is this a shortcut that we should not be taking? 
And I think, you know, I think that's that's a line of thinking that is worth entertaining. Um, but I'm but at the same time, I'm also told that there is some research that is forthcoming. There's long been a theory that we actually co-evolved with plant medicines, that mm-hmm. actually we have the capacities, the mental capacities in and that we have as a result of, of co-evolving with these plant medicines over hundreds of thousands of years. Sure. And that that is actually at the root of the explanation for why we have so much more mental capacity relative to other species on this planet. Mm. Now, I'm told that over the next 12 or 18 months, there is some research that's forthcoming, which is not which is going to change the nature of the dialogue from, hey, these plants do interesting things to our, uh, our neurology to hey, our neurology is as complex as it is because of these plants. Mm. And so we've had this theory for a long time. But actually, if, if, there's, any, if there's any truth, I have it from a great source, but I'm, I'm not a scientist, I'm not a researcher, right. right? So if there's any truth to that, and we have evidence to support that there is a, uh, a physiological positive response in our neurology that is sustained, then that's going to very substantially change yeah. uh, how we perceive these plants. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It that's yes, absolutely. Um, I just for myself, I I look it. Whether it's a shortcut or not, I wasn't even aware of what feels like that higher source guides. You know, like living in this kind of symbiotic relationship now with the universe. The truth is like, okay, maybe I, maybe I, and I do a lot of yoga. I did med, you know, meditation, but, um, I, the grooves were real, you know, the grooves were very real. That program yeah. was very, very real. And, uh, I, I didn't know to, I didn't know how to think any differently. Right. Like I just didn't, it, I, yeah. I can, I understand that, um, I get it, but it, it's, I just, I guess personally, I'm, I'm very grateful for the plants. I'm very grateful that I didn't have to wait until I was 60 to get to this place. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm very grateful and whether that's a shortcut or not, like it didn't, it doesn't feel necessarily like a shortcut. That wasn't it. You know, the, from my first plant medicine journey to this moment in time, that took a lot of work, a lot of tears, a lot of meditation, a lot of time asking questions, figuring it out. That, that didn't just, like you said, it's all about integration. That, that didn't just, that doesn't just happen. I know there's a lot of people that do plant medicine ceremonies and they're not integrating properly and they, they could do it 12 times and they still have the same bad habits. And that just comes from a, you know, have you integrated? How, how have you, you, I've only done one plant ceremony, uh, plant, uh, medicine ceremony and, and I do want to do another one, but the truth is I haven't been called back because I got a lot of good information that I was able to start mm-hmm. redirecting and creating changes. And so it's, you know, it's, it's very, very, um, it's powerful stuff. So I'd love to, okay. So you, you kind of yeah. gave us a little taste, but behold, what is it specifically? I know there's a lot of retreats out there. What are you guys specifically doing, um, in your space? Yeah. Yeah. So our primary focus is to help people who are already doing well, do way, way better. Um, and we've set the bar for mental health in this world at entirely the wrong level. You know, we've got this kind of subjective people above this bar are doing good. People below this bar need some help. And, and the bar has just been set in completely the wrong place. And, you know, pre, pre my first ayahuasca retreat, I have no question, no shadow of a doubt that I would have qualified as having very good mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and yet uh, I was I was just stunned and surprised to see how much better it still could be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so and so that's really what we are focused upon is um, is people who are doing well in life. You know, our, our services are not are not cheap. Um, people who are doing well in life and want to, in particular, transcend the rational mind, um, and that's and that sounds like a big promise, but it's 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 been my own journey, and it's absolutely possible. And you know, the where whereas before for my my previous consulting work for Fortune 500 companies, I would have gone into super detailed analysis on options analysis and pros and cons and spreadsheets and. Mm-hmm. All of those sorts of, you know, lines of thinking, um, and, and not to say that that work isn't still helpful and required, but rather that you know you can tap into your intuition, which is the word that that you used before, and mm-hmm. your intuition is so much more powerful and will save you so much time, energy, and pain uh, when you're able to tap into that and to know and feel uh, the right answer for whatever it is that you're, you're looking at, um, for a company, for yourself, um, all of those sorts of things. When, when is the right time to go on your next plant medicine journey? Again, if you can tap into your intuition, you will know when the time is right um, and, uh, and, and pursue accordingly. And so it's, it's, you know, it's the most powerful tool and, you know, that's, it's just not often spoken about, uh, very openly in the business world because it's seen to be as not rational. But the most successful people in in the business world already are 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 trading upon their intuition. Yeah. And you know, the best traders often, uh, you know, in the financial markets, the stock markets, etc., they are trading on intuition. Yeah. Uh, and when you you know, once you begin to understand that, then you're like, okay, there's something that's going on here that is beyond the rational mind. You're tapping into the next into. level. And so. What, <laughs> You're tapping into the next level. You're leveling up, like literally, and you're just like you're getting some. You're totally right. Like it just feels that way. And absolutely, and and you know, in in we have so much growing complexity in this world. We've got new technology. We've got these different sources. We've got we've got more people we need to interact with. More things we need to do. More demands from from us as partners, as, you know, parents, as children, as this, as coworkers, as this, you know, we have passions that exist outside of our work that we also need to pursue. So there's so many demands. And so if you're trying to meet that growing complexity on its terms, you're going to become incredibly overwhelmed, right? Mm -hmm. There's just so much to do so much. uh, It's just, you can't possibly meet that complexity on its terms. And so the answer is to tap into your intuition and to know and to feel what is in alignment? What is your what is your higher calling? What are the things that are in alignment mm-hmm. with that higher calling that you have? And what are the things that are not in line with those uh, higher callings? So that you can politely say, "Thank you for you, you know, thank you for your request. That's that's not in alignment with my higher calling." And you know, I I I, I respect you. I appreciate you, but that's not not how I'm going to be spending my time. But we wish you the best on. I wish you. We wish you the best on your journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's that's really what we're about is to help people tune into their higher calling, um, and to transcend the rational mind, so that you know we can really accelerate their individual uh, flourishing, and we can accelerate our collective flourishing as a result. That's really, that's really what we're focused upon. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think it's beautiful. And I love, I mean, look, there's retreats for, for everyone. I know you were saying it's, it's pricey and it's not for, for obviously for everyone, but what's beautiful about the work you're doing is, you know, 
those leaders, those people that uh, are in those places in their life are also leading others. And it's not just even for their yeah. own, you know, benefit. And of course, they're going to benefit from that, right? Their own intuition and, and you know, business really is like in a lot of ways a gamble in certain ways and, and kind of trusting your gut, as people say, is important. But, you know, even taking what you're doing a step further, building a group of leaders that are compassionate and, um, you know, just not maybe out in this kind of materialistic world and are really thinking about kind of like the bigger picture and, and how that's going to translate in a leadership style, I can only imagine is going to make for just a, a much more pleasant experience and probably higher productivity from their, from, you know, people that work for them because they're able to probably intuitively communicate better, right? See if something's going on, if something's going on yeah. with an employee, like that, what that does, it, it allows you to, pick up on the subtleness with everything. And, you know, I feel like it's just beautiful that starting with leaders, decision makers to have a, a conscious group of decision makers out there is huge and important work. Very that's, important. That's it. That's it. Exactly. And, you know, there's the, the modern world has taught us that uh, accumulation of wealth, of power, of influence is something to be desired. Mm -hmm. Now, usually there's there's some reason why that's being pursued. That there's some kind of, shall I describe it as a whole within the individual? And I share this because it's been my own journey that is leading them to require success, that's leading them to require power, to require wealth. And there's that accumulation, which you know still is very much societally accepted as that's what you should be doing in life is trying to do that accumulation. But it's, it's absolutely at odds with our very nature and the way that we've evolved. You know, we evolved as tribes where if you had, then you shared. And that was, that's the rule of the tribe because another day you're not going to have and someone else, and you're going to need someone else to share. And, you know, we, we absolutely have the abundance on this planet um, that we need for all of us to individually and collectively thrive. That abundance is mm -hmm. there. It's not well distributed. Yeah. Um, and that, and that's, and that's the transition that we need to step through as quickly as possible and as painlessly as possible together is to, uh, you know, reach that state where we are all having what we need so that we can thrive and we can really look after each other ourselves first and then one another. Mm -hmm. Um, so that, so that we are not constantly, uh, in the the mentality of scarcity, you know, this yeah. is about moving to uh, an abundance of men, uh, a mentality of abundance, um, and being able to help more and more people tap into and recognize that we are not living in scarcity. We are living in abundance. We just need to uh, begin to to move into that world and that life um, individually and collectively. Yeah, beautifully said. Finally, before I, I let you go, I know also when we briefly spoke, you are also working on a new consultancy, um, working on the legislative side of things. Do you want, is that something you feel comfortable going into yeah. right now? I know it's not official into the world yet, so. Yeah. Yeah, we'll be, we'll be launching it soon and I'm, I'm very excited about it. You know, the, the dynamics on this subject are, are, for historical reasons, and particularly in the U.S., mm -hmm. they're they're the wrong dynamics, right? So there was what played out in the '60s is that the U.S. administration saw that there was a generation of kids that were unwilling to pick up weapons 
and go shoot at people in Vietnam that they had never met before. Yeah. Um, and and so the U.S. government didn't didn't like that particularly mm-hmm. because it, it was uh, it was at odds with the legacy of um, imperialist you know imperialist thinking and activity mm-hmm. not just in the U.S. but globally. You know we were yeah. we were in an era where it was you know attack or or be attacked now. Mm-hmm. I think we're, despite, you know, challenges that we continue to have, we are entering uh, an era of peace. Um, and so, and so, you know, with, with that, the, the dialogue on these plant medicines is, is obviously um, changing. But the, the motivation that I have for establishing a new consulting firm is to begin to educate governments on what this subject is um, because there's a lot of misinformation out there um, and a lot of the governments are looking at, you know, a small subset of the population who are pro psychedelics. And typically what they're seeing is that they have a few more tattoos, uh, you know, perhaps more, more hair dye mm-hmm. and more piercings than is mm-hmm. the norm. And they're going, Oh boy, yeah, what's going on there. We don't know what those people want, but they're a little bit scary. Um, please keep them further away from me, please. Uh, and so, and that's, and that's not the nature of this. And so what's required is for people to suit up and go and meet governments, health officials, justice officials on their terms and speak their language and sit in boardrooms with fluorescent lighting and say, Hey, here's what this thing is. Here is what it represents. Here is what it can do to improve people of all walks of life. Uh, and here's why we should really be embracing this because, the plants have many, many lessons to share with us, and if we can give them the opportunity uh, and be humble and listen, then we are going to move to a much better world much more quickly. Yes. Uh, and so, you know, um, person by person, country by country, um, justice official, health official, um, pers- you know, that's yeah. that's the journey is there's there's education and awareness that needs to be raised in relation to this subject and uh, so we're very excited to be a part of that um so behold retreats is you know it's beginning to take on its own uh it's you know beginning to to succeed on its own right you know we're, we're very much looking for collaborators um you know the way that our business model has been set up is very much around a referral model so that we value the people who are referring our clients to us sure. and that's working very well um, at the same time, we are beginning conversations with governments uh, globally to begin to sit down with them and say, hey, let us educate you on this subject. What you do with this information is entirely up to you. Yeah. We're, not, we're not coming at this from the perspective of, hey, you need to legalize this. We're coming at this from the perspective of, here's some information that you will benefit from having. What you do with that is completely up to you. Yeah. Wow. Well, I wish you the best of luck. If I, It just, it's... I support that so much. There's so much to learn. And and just quickly, is that when you talk about just different countries, is the goal to make this as global as possible? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, here in Asia, we're, we're a little bit behind the curve mm-hmm. on this particular subject. So um, I've got a, a growing global group, you know, predominantly based out of the U.S. because most of the people who know this stuff are um, in the U.S. There's, you know, good good pockets yeah. of people in the, in Europe as well. But um, absolutely, I think there's um, it's a global it's a global effort. There's work to be done at a local level, state level, national level, global level. Um, and so, yeah, we we've got a very exciting network of people coming together around this cause. And yeah, we're excited to begin to to sit down with governments and to um, and to educate really. 
I love it. Let's uh, let's raise the consciousness of the whole damn world, Jonathan. Let's do it. <laughs> you know, That's thank it. you, That's thank it. you, thank you. Nothing else. Nothing else could be more worthwhile. You know, it's it's true. Thank you, Kat. Thank you. I really appreciate your time, everyone watching. As always, trip on this.